Today's episode is sponsored by Alliance Leisure, the UK's leading leisure development specialist. Over the last 30 years, Alliance has worked with numerous local authorities to design and develop community sustainable leisure environments that encourage active lives, promote community cohesion, and tackle health inequalities. With a diverse portfolio of more than 220 leisure developments ranging from single site projects to multi-million pound complete leisure portfolio transformations, Alliance Leisure Services can be procured through the UK Leisure Framework. The framework is open to all public sector organisations in the UK. For more information, visit allianceleisure.co.uk. Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. Now, today, really excited. We've got the Chief Executive of Wigan Metropolitan Borough Council, Alison mackenzie Folan. Um, Alison, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm great, thank you, Matt. How are you today? I'm wonder- I'm really excited. This is honestly, I've been looking forward to this for months. We've had this in the diary for months, so it's amazing it's finally here. And um, thank you again for your time. I know how busy you are, so thank you for filling us in. You're more than welcome. So let's start things off. Alison, you've had such a successful career, but just for the listeners at home, can you give us a bit of context as to your journey to becoming the chief executive of such an uh, impressive local government organisation? Of course, yeah, Matt. Well, I'm probably a true public servant, so I've spent um, 18 years uh, in the civil service and then I swapped into local government uh, probably about 15 years ago. Um, and so I feel really, truly blessed that I've had uh, such a long career in public service, but more amazingly, um, you know, working in local government, which I feel a real connection with our residents and a real connection with the place and uh, the politicians. So, um, yeah, I've had an exciting career um, in local government and really proud to be the chief executive of Wigan Council and also um, really involved um, in NHS as well. So I'm the place-based lead for, for health and care integration uh, for Wigan Borough. And also because we're part of um, the Greater Manchester Combined Authority, we all put different hats on. There's a bit of a team effort in Greater Manchester. So, you know, take take the lead on another couple of issues there, particularly health and care um, integration and also looking at issues around culture and, and other things. So, yeah, um, really proud and, you know, love working in local government. It's my passion. I mean, what is your ethos as a leader? Because from the outside in, you guys are so innovative and there's so much... Uh, you are the trailblazers in Manchester. You've got the Greater Manchester Combined Authority with its new settlement agreement. Um, it's an impressive area as a whole, but I love the synergy between the NHS and the local government, obviously with yourself there, yeah. which is, is is fantastic. But what motivates you as an individual and how does that transcend into a kind of a personal brand within leadership? How do you approach your role as a leader within local government? Well, what motivates me really, Matt, is something that I think is part of life generally. So my biggest thing and the importance that I try to put on uh, both uh, in my personal and my work life is around compassion and kindness. And I think it's something that I've kept with me throughout my career. Um, and for me personally, I think it's something that I take responsibility for in terms of really raising its profile, because I think it's often overlooked, you know, that compassionate leadership, that kindness in leadership. And I think when you've got so many big and urgent and complex issues, obviously, um, sometimes people don't go back to, you know, really what makes us tick as humans. So in Wigan, my focus has certainly been on compassionate leadership and that much more around a relationship model of, of public services. And that's what we've been doing for some time here in Wigan. And the be kind sort of um, ethos and culture is something that I introduced personally into the council 
um, back in 2019. Um, and actually, uh, would you believe it, the pandemic happened um, just a year later and that be kind uh, mentality and, and way of working has really resonated so, so much with colleagues, so much with residents who live in the borough and the sort of wider, the wider public sector. Um, there's definitely, I think, Matt, a, a, a change in that perception around compassionate leadership. Um, and that, you know, I think what we're seeing is much more inclusivity and, uh, you know, it's, it, we, people are talking about it. So I think it's probably moved uh, away from being something that, you know, people talked about in the margins to be much more front and centre of, of people's um, agendas. And I don't know about you, Matt, but if you pick up uh, any social media channels, uh, switch it on the TV or generally, um, you know, people still reading um, the tabloids. You know, compassion and kindness is needed more than ever now. Certainly, in my view, it is. Um, and just our own uh, personal well-being and resilience and the well-being of our organisations. I think making sure that you talk about this um, is a really important issue. People, people are pretty stressed out if you look at the mental health levels, um, both in the public sector, but just more in society. Um, we've definitely got an issue, haven't we, um, across all ages. Um, and if you actually look at, um, I know, Matt, you've got an amazing career in sort of recruitment, but you will know this better than me, that actually we're really struggling to recruit into some of our professions. So I think, you know, trying to tell people about what you can do is amazing in, in, in public service and local government. And actually it is about compassion. And what we do in local government is really look after people's personal well-being and their, their motivation. So I think thinking about you know really sort of playing into the intrinsic motivation i think if you look at some of the stats most people who work in the public sector have got that inner inner core of intrinsic motivation and that's why you know they're so determined and dedicated and really committed and i think that's why you know particularly in local government many of the people who work uh, in councils live in their communities so they you know, they're serving their local families, their friends, their colleagues. So, again, something that's, you know, really, you know, something that we can tap into. And a, a couple of other uh, points on this before I sort of pass back and, and we continue the conversation. I also think, um, particularly in public service and local government, it's around that focus on relationships. So it's about listening, understanding our residents uh, the colleagues that you work with, other public sector partners, all of that partnership work and making sure that people feel valued and respected. You know, many years ago, um, you know, I think a lot of public sector, you know, either central government or local government was seen as being quite paternalistic and probably is in, in some respects still, you know, sort of uh, we know best, we'll, we'll, we'll decide, we'll tell people what to do, we're the rule makers, the policy makers. But actually, I think if you open up a relationship type of, uh, you know, piece of work with your with your colleagues, you can really get a much more meaningful approach to to what we're all trying to do together and, and really sort of cr create that sense of connection. So for me, that's my approach. Um, what, so what I'm trying to do really is bring a bit of humanity to the leadership role and creating the conditions um that people, uh, you know, themselves can really thrive in. You know, we want people to come to work and thrive. So that's what I truly believe in, Matt. That's what I think is important. And in, in, it's really in refreshing to have a leader so grounded because I think, you know, I've, all, I've I've been doing a lot of reading recently and you get so much more momentum from projects and from cultures if you have a sense of compassion and bringing people on a journey, not disagreeing. The starting point is one of, 
I agree with where you're coming from. Let's find a way in which we can all win. But also, I mean, I'm picking what you just said there about partnership. You know, it's not just local government, but let's focus on local government for a second. We can't deliver all the requirements that our society has in terms of there is just so much. There are so many people, particularly when we look at the most vulnerable, and there are so many needs that come through with a funding system that isn't really fit for purpose and isn't giving enough money out to the local authorities. And therefore, of course, if you don't engage partnerships, you look at the councils that are doing amazing. You look like the Wigs and but the likes of Wigan, I should say. Those are organisations that are really embracing partnership. That that I just I, I love I love the rhetoric around that. You know, be compassionate and humanity. And how have you? You've obviously introduced that um, as as a leader, but how do you sustain that culture? How did you get it right in Wigan? It takes investment and it takes time and it takes lots of listening. And, you know, that's difficult in your diary, isn't it? So, you know, um, certainly the senior managers here, the politicians and everybody's really into the concept of listening. So we spend time on it. I mean, I spend huge proportions of my, you know, my diary time listening to staff, listening to residents. you know, sort of keying into those conversations, talking to partners, and, and that's an investment. So rather than hop from meeting to meeting, actually spend a bit more time reflecting, spend a bit more time listening to people and make that investment in staff wellbeing. So for me, it's, a, you know, a really, really, um, well, it's been a key feature of the Wigan deal, uh, which, you know, I'm sure we'll go on to talk about. But I think it's about an investment. It's a real investment of time and a real commitment to that. And seeing it as a core part of your your leadership role, I think that's that's certainly what I've tried to do here and what we all try to do. Um, and and trying new new and innovative things. So we've um, just about to go live with a, a new team Wigan experience. We've taken over the whole of the basement of the town um, hall, and there's going to be so much. Uh, there's going to be five thousand staff going through that team Wigan experience. And again, that's about. It's been designed by staff for staff and it's about a reflective journey, thinking about some of the challenges and the opportunities. But that's also about listening to staff and chatting to staff, having conversations. So, you know, investing, uh, you know, having that permission to innovate and really listening is is probably key to to how you keep it going and how you keep the momentum going. And and that's what we've been doing here. And we truly believe in it. It's It's the way we work. So we talked about there the Wigan deal. For those at home, I know a lot of people who listen to this will know about the Wigan deal. It's very renowned. But what is the Wigan deal for someone that hasn't heard about it before? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll obviously dip dip into that, but be excited to sort of tell you about some current work that we're doing on reflection. Do. So, um, yeah, you know, as you say, Matt, many people have heard about the Wigan deal, but I think in simple terms, it was uh, initially, I suppose, our response to austerity. Um, we'd had as a council a real commitment to to innovation for a long time. We'd been doing lots of different experiments with organisations like Nesta and um, other organisations. And we had a lot of political backing around that sort of, you know, ability to think differently, do things differently. So the deal was born out of sort of a, a combination of experimental ways of working and really, I suppose, a movement of change around doing things differently. And, and the, the sort of five big things about the deal were an asset based approach. So we recognise that actually the way to really stand alongside communities was to look at the strengths, nurture the strengths of individuals, families, communities to help them build their own independent self and self-reliance. So. We, we we basically trained all of our staff to become ethnographers and we worked with an anthropologist. So 
you know, that in itself was that was a completely different mindset from moving from perhaps um, a tick list of what we thought people needed to a conversation. The second big thing then was the permission to innovate, which I which I've mentioned. So really encouraging people to 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 think about different ways of doing things to get the job done, and also um, making sure that we didn't have a, a blame culture. So it's okay to make mistakes. Don't worry about it. You know we learn from that and we move on. So really that permission to innovate. The, the third thing then was an investment in communities. So. One of the big core parts of the deal has been actual financial investment, not just, you know, supporting communities, but a financial investment. So helping them with capacity, you know, building capacity in our communities. We the fourth thing then was around co-location. So really working alongside communities. So building our teams around some of the key anchor points in communities like GPs, you know, the, the GP centres and schools. So seeing us all coming together as sort of the public sector and a community um, and, and working together and then the last thing and probably the most important thing was the behaviors so i mentioned to you be kind but it's only one of the four and the other the others are be positive be courageous and be accountable and those four things we talk about all the time you know they are really and we've really driven that as a way of working in it's about our day, you know, it's about people's attitude. It's about the day to day working. So that's at the core of the deal. Uh, it was a bit of an our part, your part type approach. Um, we did the investment in communities. We did a lot of work around trying to freeze council tax in the early days and getting people to do volunteering, playing their part in recycling. And, you know, we got some great results. We saw resident satisfaction going up. Uh, we saw our staff engagement um, improving and, you know, we, we learned a lot from that real different type of approach. Um, and as I say, you know, now we're sort of, you know, thinking about all the good things that we got from the deal and what it taught us, but also being really honest with ourselves about what could we have done differently? You know, where could we have done things uh, in a different way? And I think that's, you know, part of the beauty and part of the, you know, the brilliance of working in local government is we are a sector that does a you know, we, we connect to each other, we chat to each other, and as a sector, we're always trying to improve. And that's what we're trying to do at the moment. We're having a period of actually saying, come on, you know, there's a lot happened in the world. If you look at um, the pandemic, you know, cost of living crisis, economic crisis, what's been happening with political instability, you know, now more than ever, we need to sort of really think about how do we get going again? How do we rejuvenate? And that's what we're doing in a new piece of work called New Era. It sounds very exciting. Talks about what what does New Era mean uh, in terms of its implications for the council? What 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 will the implications be of this New Era? So what we what we did was we decided um, it was time to reflect. So uh, you know let's let's think about what's what's happened over the past decade. Let's let's sort of take those really key ingredients, but then let's really think about where we didn't get everything right and. Um, and as I said, you know, Matt, because everything has changed so much. So um, we've ha had the help from two organisations. They've, they've not come along to give us answers. Um, so we've got um, an organisation called IPPR North, a part of IPPR National, um, a big think tank. And they're um, supporting us in terms of prodding and poking and challenging us. And then we've got another organisation called Collaborate who are an organisation that really focus in on relationships and community conversations 
and all of the things really that have been a great part of the deal. And they're 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 our partners, but they're supporting the process. So we've been chatting to um, our staff. We've been talking to. Um, we've set up a, a community connections group that have been really driving the conversations, not just within the community, but wider, working with partners, working with politicians, uh, working with, you know, everybody across the borough to say, let's be honest with ourselves about what worked really well in the deal. And then, you know, what 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 didn't work so well. So we don't want to be complacent. So, you know, let's think about the national challenges around uh, what's been happening around that sort of trust issue that you know the economic crisis the you know some of those issues around the pandemic and you know for, for many areas and, and like ourselves the local challenges a lot of them have deepened you know some of the issues around health inequalities um, community cohesions changing over time that healthy life expectancy so so what you're going to get in the new era is a real strong focus on some key issues and that's really around some of those issues around inequalities and what we're trying to do around inequalities and then another massive um so you know looking at the health inequalities the economic and social inequalities and using that as a lens then to say well how do we deliver person-centered public services so that's that's sort of one big strand of new era I think the, the the second big strand then is really around how do we collaborate with partners in a place? This this whole concept of community wealth building, social value. How do you bring the private, the public sector, and communities together to really drive you know forward what we're trying to achieve and our opportunities? You know we're having some amazing conversations, particularly with the third sector. And then throughout all of this. I think the other thing is just recognising other things that are upon us. So, you know, artificial intelligence and the opportunities, we're, you know, we're in the next massive radical change in terms of technology. So how do we use some of these, you know, sort of massive world events and the sort of uh, life changing events that are actually going to mean, you know, a significant difference for the world that we live in? So using these as, I suppose, another um, point of innovation that we can try and do things differently. So the new era is going to be a, a gradual process. It's not like a you know a big launch. We're we're really concentrating on those conversations and trying to you know trying to take the good ingredients and then trying to focus in on the real things that matter to this borough because um, it's probably a year long piece of work to have those conversations. We've been really reflective, um, and it's it's we're not we're not doing that to people. It's people telling us about what they think needs to happen over the next ten years. And that's the conversation that we're, we're currently in the midst of in terms of new era. It's really exciting. And I think, you know, what I find fascinating is you have this Keynesian method of constantly looking at things to improve it. And where a lot of people see, you know, there are obviously significant challenges facing not just local government, but the British society as a whole. But there are so many opportunities that can be grasped if you are willing to but at that foundation is that kindness and that compassion and actually engaging with the community rather than saying this is going to happen to you it's saying right how are we going to you know get Wigan where we want Wigan and the people of Wigan to to live and to exist and to be part of that part of that culture what do you think the hardest thing has been about the new era the creating the new era in this process so far um well I think you know, when you've had, you know, sort of, um, you know, lots of exciting and uh, things happen and success, 
Um, and, you know, we're all very, very sort of strongly connected to the Wigan deal. So I suppose it's really being honest and reflective around actually what we're doing here is just building upon it. We're not, you know, we're not sort of putting it in the bin and starting again. We're actually saying, you know, we did some great stuff. Um, let's build on it. But also let's be honest with ourselves that the world we live in has completely changed uh, from 10 years ago. Um, you know, you, you can have your own personal reflections about that. So actually, you know, in the spirit of what you said, if you if you always if you're always looking to continue to improve and if you really believe in um compassionate and that really um you know that be accountable and all of our values, you are going to carry on striving to do the best. So um we're taking time in the conversations and that's that's important. You know, it could have been easy just to sort of grasp onto something new. That's not what we're about in Wigan. We're about having the conversations, taking our time, um, but being relentless and wanting to do things better and being honest with ourselves and, and taking that really humble approach. And, um, you know, I think that takes a bit of courage to actually just open up yourselves and being, you know, you know, we've been having conversations with IPPR and um, collaborate and, they, they, you know, they've used those words to us that it does take a bit of courage to um to open yourselves up a bit to to more difficult conversations and and um yeah that's what we're that's what we're trying to do at the moment and that's the sort of bit of the journey that we're on it's exciting i mean like from vulnerability you know making yourself vulnerable and opening yourself up to criticism actually what i find particularly refreshing is that your council the council of wigan is not you know it's been four years let's do a new restructure let's do something new it's actually had some really exciting and positive work that's happened as part of the wigan deal what does the new era mean? How can we build on that? Which has been so exciting. Yeah. Alison, it's just generally it's it's been absolutely delightful to talk to you and understand your culture, your personal kind of ethos and leadership style, but also about the journey that Wigan Council is going on and, and the and the area of Wigan. So thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Matt, Matt, and good luck with everything that you're doing and look forward to future conversations. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. You've been listening to The Truth About Local Government. Today, we've been fortunate enough to have Alison mackenzie Folan, Chief Executive of Wigan Metropolitan Borough Council. We've discussed the Wigan deal, the new era, and fundamentally how kindness and compassion should not be an afterthought or something that's discussed at an annual break, but something that's intrinsic to growing and developing a culture of growth and positivity. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please give it a like, give it a share, and there'll be more episodes coming up later in the week. Today's episode is sponsored by the UK Leisure Framework, the UK's only dedicated leisure framework. The UK Leisure Framework allows for the direct appointment of a development partner for scoping, design and construction of leisure centres and sports facilities. The framework is available to all UK public sector organisations and has completed over 100 projects to date. For more information, visit leisureframework.co.uk. 